This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Not just Real Kipper and Born. Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee all along for the ride in which we saw Willie Nylander lead the charge with four points last night to down the New York Islanders. 5-2 at Scotiabank Arena in a game we both attended but did not sit together. <laughs> we were both there. That's all that matters. We, we soaked it in. You played dad last I, night. I, I saw did. some of your Instagram pics. Hung around the yeah. dressing room. I saw your son tapping each Islander as they came off the ice and uttered, what is wrong with you guys? You guys stink. <laughs> You're embarrassing me right now. I will say, when we left, we're walking out, and he's not a huge hockey guy, but he was almost in tears. And we were walking out, and he goes... I think I want to cheer for the Leafs now. (laughs) Hey, you know, you make your own choices. Go for it, bud. (laughs) I'm sure he was okay after the first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Kind of sleepy on the Toronto Maple Leafs part. Uh, But then it it changed quickly in in the second period. Yeah. As far as first hockey game experiences go, I'm not sure it could have been a worse start to watching a hockey game for a first game. I'm telling you, there was six whistles, maybe seven in the first 90 seconds. It was build-up and warm-ups and, okay, here we go, icing and offside and puck out of play. It was really slow, and then nothing happened for the Leafs, so the crowd got into their uh, Bay Street mode, and everyone started making business deals and forgot there's a game going on. So, yeah, a little slow to get going, but it came around. I think for me, um, at times, I can be critical for Sheldon Keefe being sl- too slow to react to some things, mm-hmm. including changing it up, and pulling the goalie. But last night, the switch for Nylander to Marner opened up the floodgates for Tavares and Willie. Yeah. John Tavares, superstar John, T- John Tavares. When you pay a guy a lot of money, you're hoping some nights he's the best player in the rink. And I think tough to make an argument for anyone but John Tavares. Talking about a uh, performance in that second period, eight shots on net in the second period last night. I want to give Tavares, I want to give Keith credit for for doing this, obviously. But at the same time, it's not like he's going to something that's that's never worked before. You know, it's like, oh, we're, we're stunted offensively again. Let's go with the best line in the NHL last year with Marner's, Matthews, and... And uh, yeah, but at times he has not done it. At times he's doing uh, it more the, now. the offense has remained stale. You're not getting secondary scoring, and he sat on it. And yeah, you're right. It's it's stating the obvious. Like how many cha- how many different true changes can he do to to crank up this lineup outside of a benching, a drastic benching, and we've only really had one all season, and I think it was Marner for a shift or two. I was like, a shift, Mitch Marner? Yeah. I think, yeah, that's really it. You're right. It never happens because I guess, you know, what are are the options? You give Engvall someone's minutes or Kerfoot their minutes or Yarncroft their minutes? Like, there's just not really somewhere else to go. So if A doesn't work, he tries B, and if B doesn't work, they go home in April. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on uh, Kipper's Clipper on why the change in the second period? Just thought the way that both lines responded to the change yesterday just tells me it's a good time to to go back to that to that mix. And you know we've been looking at it a little, a little bit 
Previously, I obviously it was the Boston game, I think last week or whatever, however long ago that was now, and uh, didn't feel like we needed to stick with it at that point. But just, you know, I saw myself going back to it, and like I said, the way the guys responded yesterday, it, was, it tells me it's a good time to stay with it. So that clip was from today. I labeled all these clips poorly, so I steward my good friend Derek Brandeo here. But that clip was from today, but it's relevant with all the stuff you said there. What would you think of that? That part was on the shuffling of the lines, the second clip? Yeah, that, that, well, the set, yeah. Yeah. You know, for, I, I just don't think there's that many options. So it's, to me, you know, Keith's work with changing up the lines like that, you know, it was a bad first period against a not very great Islanders team. I hate to say that sometimes, but, uh, you know, he went to option B and it worked. So good on him. Yeah, I, I think, I think between now and the end of the season, though, I'd like to see, a few more of those type of adjustments that just don't begin and end with Marner and Nylander. Right. And I do believe that at times we're going to have to see maybe a top six guy go to the third line or someone Mm -hmm. out of the, the bottom six moving up just to, to give it a, a change of pace. And there is once again, some movement on that fourth line. Yeah. And the one that we thought we'd see at the beginning of the season and the one that was shaping up towards, I don't know, Christmas, has changed yet again. The fourth line. Looking at Kerfoot, Holmberg, Anderson for tonight. Tomorrow. And Tomorrow. Where did Anderson come from? All of a sudden now it's Hunt out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Hunt clears waivers and he's going to play with the McMahon, Marlins, which is nice to have a guy down there Mc, like that. McMahon in. Yep. And Austin Reese out. This yeah. guy is your leading body checker on your team. Right. And now they're they're not too happy with him, it appears. Well, and listen, I think on this show, I've been the Austin Reese guy. I've been the guy being like, you know, I think he's a good defensive player and he's a good two-way guy and smart. But there's just not a lot of vibrancy there not a lot of pop not a lot of excitement uh now he's out of the lineup keep finding him inconsistent and yeah i mean with mcmahon coming up and holmberg kind of being permanent fixture now anderson getting in i think he's saying to aston reese now or never man there's a there's a third spot open here yeah and now anderson's in a race with aston reese hunt we think is gonna his next hockey game is gonna be with the toronto marlies yeah, he's, or, he's in their lineup. Or there's still time to think about trading for one more fourth-line type of player to bring in. Who wins this yeah. thing? Yeah, I mean, I really think McMahon has looked good and he's been impactful. Do you want to listen to the clip on Aston Reese and Keith not loving him right now? Sammy, we got that one? Yeah, let's let's listen to that. And Joey Anderson coming in. We just think Joey did a good job when he was here. And, you know roster and lineup and all those kind of things are uh, are fluid and they change but we thought he did a good job here and and we I I can't remember specifically what the circumstances were why we sent him back or what that situation was but um, we just like him as a player it gives us a right shot down there in in the in the bottom six 
Uh, so I like that part of it. And, you know, I just I think that, you know, for, for Reister, his game has been a little inconsistent for me. Uh, and it keeps those those guys on their toes as well, you know, whether it's McMahon coming in and and that's, you know, uh, sort of push a guy like Dryden Hunt and, and uh, Aston Reese. Um, now Holmberg, like all these guys are – are in competition for their spots, uh, and, and uh, you know whether it's Camp Fangball, Kerfoot, just the same. You, know, you got you got some guys coming in here that are pushing and showing that they can help us. So I think it keeps that group honest as well. In about uh, twelve minutes, or no, maybe fifteen, we're going to welcome in Brad May, uh, former National Hockey League player. He could certainly speak into uh, that Man type of role, in. that type of guy that can come in and and. And really, like, lock in a role. And whether it's Aston Reese or, or Hunt, like, it's such a specialized thing. And, you know, I, I did take pride in my career to be mm-hmm. that guy that could just come in and, and lock in a spot on the fourth line and just know what my role is. But two things had to be abundantly clear from the beginning of the game and to the end of the game is that, I have to be noticed. Yeah. And if I'm not grabbing any attention off of my opponents. Totally. If I'm either, I got to be a prick or I got to be annoying as hell. But if I'm 0 for 2 in that department playing against them, I'm done. Yeah. Score, hit, fight, talk. And there's just too many games. Be relevant. Too many games. Yeah. Even with Aston Reese. And I don't care what the stat sheet says that you led the team in hits. If they're unnoticeable hits, if they're not pissing off the other side or creating some smaller energy outside of what's the big picture, Mm -hmm. what's the point of you being out there? Well, and there's a whole case to be made about so there's value on guys that stay on the right side of the puck defensively right you're above your guy you're good sticks and all that sort of stuff but it can't be your whole thing you know like that's a a bonus that comes with whatever it is you bring to helping the team win it shouldn't be the thing you do to help the team win otherwise you say i'm gonna just always err on the safe side and you guys go do the hard stuff you guys go score and forecheck and all that stuff and he's just not contributing enough at the other areas right now don't don't you feel that we're kind of watching a transition in the bottom six here in the last couple of weeks. Like, Borna, you sent that sort of interesting graph with how far down Kerfoot's m- minutes have gone, mm-hmm. what Zach Aston Reese's minutes have done. It's like they've sort of spent half the year evaluating what those guys are going to bring them, and now they've brought up these guys from the Marlies, like the Holmbergs and the Andersons and now the McMahons, to be like, hey, let's see what these guys can do. And their minutes have been going up, and they've been performing pretty well. It's just been an interesting transition to sort of watch halfway through the year. Yeah, and it is, you know, I think it was uh, Nick Richard again, the guy we had mentioned, uh, a tweet of his talking about, is this the the Leafs seeing what they can get from some cheaper Marley's guys and say, if they're just as good as these other guys, can you can you trade, can you make room? You know, at the deadline, can you trade Kerfoot if he's if his ice time's going to drop below Engvall's and Yarn Crocs as it has? Can you trade Engvall himself if Bobby McMahon is the same player? But cheaper, so it, I think the Leafs want to know what options oh they have. God. It just it, to me doesn't. Oh, have... I know he's not right. It's but but isn't it worth finding out? What you just said there scares me the most. Okay, that we are uh, almost out of the month of January, mm. and you're in the finding out 
stage yeah. of your season? Like, shouldn't this all been decided on, well, a, on a year that you're supposed to contend for a Stanley Cup and you're still holding tryouts? Well, you've done your finding out. You, you tried out Simmons and you decided he couldn't do it. You held your tryout for Aston Reese and you got some answers. And when you don't like the answers, it's still tryout season. <sighs> Until you like the answers. Yeah. Well, you're running out of time here. Sure are. But <laughs> it's terrifying. Just eye test wise, I know you said that Kerfoot's minutes have been going down, but he just feels so much less involved in the games that he has in years past in terms of playing in big spots and in terms of, like, you know, how much he played he in the played top 13, six. He played 13 30 last night. He played in the top six so much last year. He seemed to be that. Remember how long we banged our heads against the wall with Willie, him, and, and Tavares? It just feels to me that he's just so much less part of the team at this moment that maybe they are figuring out if they can go on without him and use his money in a trade. Who knows? But it just I'm kind of interested in this transition in the bottom six. It's kind of fascinating for me. Seven goals for Kerfoot through 45 yeah. games or whatever it's been. Yeah. You know, three and a half schmill. For the most part, he has seemed important, likable, uh, respected in the room. Mm-hmm. But it is trending in the wrong direction here for him yeah. on level of importance as the season closes down here. His time on ice the last six games is 13 and a half, nine something, 13 and change, 11, 12, 13. You that's, know, that's pretty low for him. It is. But, you know, there's a couple games prior to that where he's up in the 16s, but it's pretty consistently below where you would have him at. His first month of the season was 16 minutes. So, also in the second hour, Eddie Olchuk, former NHLer, good friend of the show, color analyst for Seattle Kraken, will be in studio as he will be the lead analyst tomorrow night for their national uh, TNT broadcast uh, in the U.S. He's in town, and he said he'll drop in in the second hour. So all of you on YouTube or tweeting Sammy, we can take some questions in, and uh, we can have some fun with... uh, just give me a chance. <laughs> Just give me a chance. Eddie O. That's great. It'll be a I, lot of fun. I was enjoying reading his Wikipedia bio today, and he is a big horse guy. Oh, yeah. Huge Handicapper horse guy. Handicapper for oh, yeah. NBC once upon a oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. All right. Let's get Sheldon Keefe. Did we do uh, his thoughts on Willie and JT's performance last night? We didn't have that yet. Would you like let's, to? Let's have a listen. Yeah. Ter- I mean, terrific. Two great goals. Um, and, and Willie's been excellent, and he was excellent today. In, the, in that second period, he was really good. I thought it was. I thought second period is the best period John Tavares played all season. I thought that got Willie going. So uh, Willie finished the chances, and Willie was good. But I thought JT was excellent. He led us in the second period. It was really good. Yeah, and that pass to Willie mm-hmm. to kind of start the whole thing going yeah. was like world-class outside and then the backhand drop one timer. It was a fantastic goal. I really thought I'd see in his leaf career more setups like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we see them because he's, he's got a vision of the way he likes to score goals and it doesn't really line up with that type of playmaking. It's funny, you know, in my experience watching him over his career, it felt like coming to Toronto and playing with Mitch Marner, his rookie or his first season here, not his rookie year. It felt like he became a goal scorer. He scored 47 times with one of the best setup yes. men in the NHL. And like the mindset seemed to be more of a goal scoring mindset. And, you know, with the Islanders, he made 
superstars out of whether it was Josh Bailey or Opozo or Matt Molson or P.A. Peronto or whoever he played but, with. But he, he was never like a 60, 70-point assist guy. He was always like a 40. Yeah. Right? Which is still a... For, for a true number one playmaker, 40 assists a year is kind of on the low side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers were, but he felt like a guy that that was a part of his game. That was an element yeah. of it, and it, it has felt like it less here at times. But, but do you agree with me that he, he has, for the most part, been a centerman that has a shoot-first mentality? Definitely, definitely as a leaf. I just I didn't think of him that way as an Islander, but but definitely since he's been here, that that seems to be where the focus is. So yeah, good to see him uh, do well for his teammates. I, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's because the Islanders are not a fast team, but like that's his sweet spot, right? No, they're really slow. So that's JT's best game of the year against he was, he a like really really right. slow thinking team, right? Which. You know, kind of plays into the, you've, what you've said about his skating in the past. That when the game, and he's been working on his stride, yeah. I guess, with the the last few weeks and trying to get back to what he had earlier in the year. But when he is fast in a game, he's special. The one thing I, I took the game in live as well, and the one thing that stood about uh, stood out for me watching it last night was just everything that I didn't like about their game early was very successful for them last night. Mm-hmm. And that was that 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 stretch pass, that long yeah. stretch pass, either the 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 long like it's a two hundred foot play. Most all of the goals last night started from their own zone. Samsonov that, got an apple. You got even Samsonov got into the game. Yeah. Right? So everything that worked last night with the stretch mm-hmm. and the conversion on goals is everything that I I feel like will not work yeah. against Tampa Bay and Boston. Hate that as a coach. You don't want the wrong stuff rewarded. And it was last night. Yeah. Including, you know, Bunting's penalty shot that led to a penalty shot. Mm. Everything was this 200-foot stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of that. It was a, it was a back and forth game until the Islander or the Leafs just like took away the Islanders' ability to break the puck out. At some point, it just became the Leafs' game there in the second period. But should we uh, listen to Keith on what changed in the second period? Did we get that one off the top? Like that one. Let's do that one. You're hoping you know, that your team is going to say the right things and be focused and be in the right mindset. I don't. I, I don't. I don't feel I need to go in there. Um, and say too much other than pointing out the obvious and putting the game onto them. You know, they need to respond. They got to go out and they got to. It takes a significant effort to be able to take over a game like that against a team that's, you know, they're they're playing hard. They're trying to trying to get some traction here and get some wins. And you know, they're they're leading after a first period after taking it to us pretty good. Like for us to flip the game like that, it's going to take a significant effort. And uh, the players have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to do that. And I was really, really, uh, um, really impressed with our, our team's ability to bounce back and flip the game like that. It was really good to see. I think that's really smart of him to to think of a mid-season game when you consider if these are the dog days of the season, to just let them sort it out. Mm-hmm. For him now, halfway through, to go out in the dressing room now and rant and flip over Gatorade containers. All they're going to do is just get tired of your voice. Yeah. 100% agree. And that's, you know, I think the more years you coach, the more you 
recognize that you have to have faith in the room because you can't go in every intermission. It was actually a criticism that we had levied against Keith watching all or nothing going into game six when, you know, there's the speech and playoffs and he's going, it's now or never. And who's going to be the hero and, you know, talking it up like there's no tomorrow. And then when there was a tomorrow, it's tough to go in the next day and give that same speech. Right. Yeah. So you don't want to shoot your bullets before you're in the proper battle. You don't, you don't. But that doc, that doc gave us so much early on. Yeah. There was nothing oh my it. god! <laughs> we talked with Evan so Bit, They gave us a good version. Oh my god! But there, there is kind of this buffer zone that he's in, where I think reality is set in for him that, in all probability, you're not going to catch Boston, and your your playoff spot is safe. Yeah, you think that it should lead you to at least home ice advantage. Mm -hmm. So what's left to really get mad at them? I don't believe what you're saying for a second. Coach is going to keep his mouth shut. That you just go, ah, nothing to do now. We'll just let the season play out. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when you don't have the feeling like, you know, uh, high-end pressure, um, you know, the the poop's about to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Feel it's getting redundant. <laughs> then you, you can kind of calm yourself down. Yeah, but when so true. But when that is so but true. When he starts feeling the pressure, like yeah. that's the true sign. Yeah. of of someone. Don't show me when everything's fine. I want to see how you act when everything's going haywire. I agree, and that's the Everything tendency in the playoffs is that you don't have the comfort zone that he has to go in there and, and think about it and go, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave them alone. I, just, I right? trust them. Like All of a sudden, if they're real good important, luck. do you trust them? The, the question is, if you're down 2-1 in the series, can you trust them mm-hmm. and not go in there and yell at them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it's maybe the most accurate or most fair assessment of, of Keith is he gets really worked up in, in moments. Really worked you up. You know, and it's like... Could and and we see it on the bench. Sometimes he can lose it yeah. on officials. Yeah, and it you know I I've seen him do it at intermission. We had one weekend in uh, Manitoba in Winnipeg where you know we're up four nothing in game fifty seven and we're in first place by a mile and yeah you know, screaming about a penalty at the end of a period or whatever. You know it's. I think he has learned a little bit to try to save himself for when it matters. But, yeah, when it matters, can you keep that composure the same way? That's one thing that stands out to me about the great coaches. And, you know, they you have to coach for a long time to feel like that. But even they get worked up and they have their moments. But you see, you know, I think Cooper in the biggest moments or even Quenville in some of the biggest moments, not a whole lot, you know, uh, of animation. Do you remember John Cooper in the playoffs when he saw Nick Paul doing the interview? Get in here now. Oh, yeah. And Paul's like, huh? As a, He's like, yep, uh, interview going. over. Got to go. I got a seven-year contract on the line. I got to go. <laughs> you hear like the, right? the old-timey running sound from a cartoon? <laughs> that was. Skedaddling. That was awesome. That was. And, and I, who knows what happened the moment those doors closed. Yeah. But. Uh, it's not to say that all coaches don't get worked up at times. You, but you need to pick your spots with it. Yeah. It's so important. You really do need to pick your spots with it. And he does. He has an elite mad face, Keith. When yeah. he gets really worked up and he gets going. He changes colors. He does. Which he doesn't becomes, help. He becomes a different color. <laughs> the Red Hulk. Yes. Shade. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. Furnace face. Yeah, it, it happens. It's it all worked up. All right, we're uh, we're going to talk to uh, I'm gonna uh, call Brad uh, May. But in the meantime, you want to start with uh, Samsonov? Yeah, let's listen to the Samsonov clip, shall we? Excellent. Oh, and uh, you know, there's there's just going through some of it with Curtis Sanford in there, and there's some things that you, you know, not some things that maybe don't show up is like some of the high end saves that he's made, but. You know, Curtis looks at this stuff a lot closer than than really well, any of us, and and uh, he felt it's as strong a game as he's played in terms of what he's asking him to do and the process he's looking him to play with. Uh, he's looking very comfortable in the net right now. With every solid game by a Leaf goaltender, Curtis Sanford becomes more and more. Of a genius. Oh, there's a full of them today in the Athletic. Oh, my yeah. God. They're just pumping them up like unbelievable. Quick question. Do you know the name of the Islanders goaltender coach? All he's got is Do Sorokin you know, and... Like three quarters of the coaches. Right. By no. the way, it's Piero Greco who used to be Freddie Anderson's goalie coach here, who's the Islanders guy. So yes. doing pretty well for himself. Curtis Stanford also has a he's also shrined at the Harry Limley Bay Shore on Sound. So <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he played for the the hey. Platers at the time. Uh, okay. And he was he's now the goalie hey, coach. Big deal. Samsonov gets him out of the first round. There'll be a statue for Curtis. Okay. <laughs> and on sound there might already but be. Only one in, of those in, only in Toronto you could pump up a goalie coach. If you could go be a bit part player in for an organization like the Leafs, like be a, I don't know, be it a video coach, <laughs> say. A or, star. Yeah, or go make real money somewhere else. Your best chance is to come here and have success, and you will be famous. Oh, my Not, God. Didn't work for me, but for Curtis Sanford and for many others, have gone on to great success. So I dug up, uh, so was there a picture today of Matt Murray wearing the glasses? Yeah, today? he's wearing. So I, I, I did some homework there for you. Oh, There wow. you go. There right. you go. Swivel vision goggles tech to help goaltenders. Murray prepare for season. Yeah, so. There's, there are no so lenses, we, just rubberized wearing? blinders intended to block your peripheral vision. So it's a tracking aid that forces you to use the middle of your eyes and the strongest part of your eyes, moving your head and tracking the puck. That's for people on YouTube who got to so see me do that. This is hockey's version of the movie Tin Cup when he when he had the shanks. Did oh, you yeah. ever see it? Yeah, just put your teeth in your left pocket. Put, uh, <laughs> and then the ball coming from your, your oh, forehead... Yeah. You've seen those broken clubs on the range that you have to swing slowly for them to stay together. We're onto gadgets now to we sort are. things out. Let's bring in Brad May, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion, and uh, someone that's probably used a gadget or two to change his golf game or hockey game or anything at all to help out. you. <laughs> Mayday. I need all the help in the world, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? It's uh, – yeah – I, I'm a mental midget when it comes to that stuff. This is where the game's gone to, Mayday, <laughs> is that we're now watching, like, goalies wear sunglasses during practice. Yeah, yeah, listen, everybody's to each his own, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. You know what? At the end of the day, if a player somehow generates energy and, and focus, focus most importantly, um, you know, whatever they're going to do, I guess stay out of their way. We had play with a lot of guys with superstitions and that would do different things or, or the same thing every day. And it had to happen at the exact same moment. And 
I always kind of would seek out the guys that did that. And then if they needed to be in that corner at 5 p.m., 15 minutes before the meeting or whatever, I'd just go stand in that corner and, and try to disrupt their um, <laughs> their, <laughs> yes. their superstition and, and have fun with it. But um, some players are, are, are tightly wound. Well, the uh, the Leaf players uh, may may do some weird things, but they're having a little bit of success at home. What are your thoughts on teams that have way more success at home than on the road? Is it a good thing that you take care of business, or would you like to see a little bit of uh, being able to take care of business everywhere is obviously best, but does it matter if you're lopsided one way or the other? Well, I think it matters in the sense that you, you just want to find consistency, right, and and be a team that's really predictable. And that predictable play would be, beating or outplaying, you know, the other team. But, um, yeah, I don't know if home, home ice advantage means as much, you know, but it does if your team finishes higher in the standings and come playoff time, that if you're good at home and you have one extra game, you know, conceivably um, in your own building, that's a good thing. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the season, where your road trips are, you know, where those games are played and and how your players are playing. I think – Right now, you know, for the Leafs, they've they've been so good for the last few months. Really, I mean, they've they've had a few games that they'd love to have back, but um, you know, they're they're playing hard, they're playing well, and and I think at times you might have a letdown because of that. But um, it seems like their best players, and again last night um, stepped up, and it's a committee of four up front, and um, two of them, Tavares and, and Nylander, they were they were great. That pass by Nylander, I don't even I don't even like to call it a pass, but that little flip play out of his zone, that was right. unbelievable. Like what a play. How many players think like that? That actually have that three D three dimensional, you know, view of the ice the way he was able to do that. I thought that was great. Just uh his ability now to stay focused almost from game to game and uh, the strength that he shows on the puck and was it Mayfield that he he kind of picked his pocket a little yeah. bit that led to the goal here? And what is it? Just maturity, Mayday? Well, why are we seeing this guy go to a complete other level? Well, we've you know what we the crazy thing with him and uh, if I if I had a knock on him is is there are games where you just expect so much more where he didn't bring it in the past. You know, he's a really he's a big guy. He's strong. I mean, he can skate. He's one of the most you know. I say perfect, but beautiful skaters. Like even he's using his edges. You don't even hear it. He glides on top of the ice. However, I mean he's he's so agile. Um, I love the guy. That, you know when he's playing well, and sometimes he leaves you wanting more. And I think that's a good thing because you know he's obviously proven that he can do other things. But um, I think it's maturity. I also think it's it's hey, I'm going to get paid. I know that's definitely a motivation for sure. I know his father was the same way, um, highly skilled and in contract years. Um, this guy, or you know, years that he was able to make make bank. Um, Michael Nylander was um, was a stud. You know, at times the best player on the ice. So um, this is a good thing for Toronto. It really is. Yeah, I got to just keep giving him one one year deals made. That's the way to go. Um, you know, we we're looking at uh, the Leafs lineup, and one thing that's been interesting is they've got a couple guys up from the American League, um, McMahon and Holmstrom and Anderson, and not household names by any means, but they're these guys who seem committed to being fourth liners. They just want to be in the league, and they'll dump it in, and they'll go forecheck, and it's, you know, they know what they're there to do. And in the past, the Leafs have had Thornton and Spezza and Simmons and all these guys who weren't really typical fourth-line players. What are your thoughts on 
the the role of a fourth liner and acceptance of that role? Is it important or is it just you need good players there? Well, I have to tell you, I'd say bingo when you just said that about the other players that they had. It's it's a role. Um, I was listening to Nick early in the show here. Um, it's a role that actually is, it's. I know as as crazy as it sounds, it's a specialized role, and you have to have the ability to to bring the energy, turn up a game, bring up bring your teammates into the fight, regain composure or focus, um, and then maybe on the on the flip side of that, which is something that obviously the NHL doesn't have as much of, and. But you need a character or characters there that can really turn it around and be noticed. If you're not noticed as a fourth line player, um, you know, no, when I say that, if you're not a penalty killer that, you know, the penalty killing, you know, is, did a great job that night. If you're a fourth line player that isn't noticed for throwing the body around or bringing the energy or having some sh- like extended shifts in the offensive zone, you're not going to be there that long. And I like the idea. That's a good thing to have a committee at the bottom and I, the bottom's a great place, but the other part is these players aren't just satisfied with being on the fourth line. They're, they need to get their feet wet. They need to make the National Hockey League, and they want to have success. And a player like Kerfoot, we were ta- you, I heard you guys talking about, um, he still plays a lot of minutes. I mean, I know 13 minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but 13 minutes is actually above average, you know, outside of your top six. Right, right. And, right, and, and it's, you know, for f- traditional fourth-line players – it's six, eight, ten minutes a night. Ten probably being the the high water mark there. Um, Kerfoot has that ability, and you know what? When you're, if he's still around, you know, I don't know what happens with the trade deadline, but if he's still around, you've got a veteran player there who's actually a very likable guy in the locker room. Which that is an element, uh, uh, the ingredients that that players in the depth of your team have to have to bring every day, you know, to become and and. and be a gelled um, hockey team. I think Kerfoot's going to be a good good one down the stretch for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I, I'd love to see seven or eight guys fighting for positions and listening to their coach talk about competition and practice amongst themselves. Listen, that's what it's all about. As long as they have good attitudes, if you have any pout, if you have any guy that wants to pout because he's on the fourth line, honestly, show him the door right away. Well. You know, and I don't know whether or not a Kerfoot would accept that role or or find a way to almost turn himself. And I don't think he'll ever be as tough or sturdy as a Chris Draper, but certainly he can skate like Chris Draper. He can create energy like Chris Draper. I just don't know if he's got that uh, intestinal fortitude to get his nose as dirty as maybe Chris did at times uh, on on a fourth line situation. But over the last what year and a half, we've seen so many names on that fourth line go in and out. Aston Reese in, Aston Reese out, Hunt in, Hunt out. Last year, Spezza in, Spezza out. Maybe why can't they get it right? Why can't they lock something in and just leave those guys alone? Tampa Bay's done it with Maroon and Perry. It looks like uh, Boston's okay with Felino and Greer. And these guys are still trying to figure it out. Well, the, 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 it's the ability, or not, I said not even ability, the awareness that I'm on a great team here. This is my chance. I can tell you one thing. Kerfoot playing on your top six, you're not winning the Stanley Cup. Right. It's all right. You're, 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 well, it's evidenced by, you know, not, not that put it on him, but um, it's evidence that the Toronto Maple Leafs had zero success in the playoffs, right, if, if we're talking about rounds one. Um, you have to have players slotted in the right positions. 
And when you talk about all those four players from Boston to Tampa that you just um, alluded to, other than Corey, Corey Perry, and I guess Nick, um, Nick Foligno as well, but Corey Perry being the you know, highest, highest skill level with the greatest pedigree and probably a, probably a Hall of Fame type player in numbers. Um, you, you got gritty, big, solid character players that, you know what, to be on a team, to be on the fourth line, third line, be the seventh defenseman, if you're not jacked to be part of that team to go the distance, that that's another weakness on teams. If you don't have guys that to really embrace their roles, you're never going to win. It's plain and simple. Yeah, understandable. The um, you know the Leafs, everything they do right now is tailored towards how do they have more success in that first round, and so we we have our eye towards getting better at the deadline and what they're going to move out and what they're going to do. It feels like the only places they're really lacking are, you know, Morgan Riley maybe isn't the best number one D. Maybe you don't like their middle six wingers. But, you know, to me, one place that they've been really good is on their third pair. They've had Sandine and Lilligren, a couple of smaller defensemen. Do you think you can win in playoffs with that, though? You know, I, I hate, you know, I'm not asking to you to just say, you know, you, know, you need toughness all the time or anything like that. But, like... They are small defensemen, as good as they've been, and some people in Leaf Nation still go, oh, they've had success, but I worry about them come a more intense type of hockey. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be the question, even after the trade deadline, you know, whatever ends up happening, what the roster is going to be, that, um, these questions are going to be asked until success is, is had, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, they have a really good team. They've proven it this year. Obviously, games in November in, in theory, aren't as important as, as the playoff rush and, and, and down the stretch and certainly playoff games. But um, you put these players in, again, it's about embracing a role and understanding how you have to play. There's lack of success or failures, if you want to call it that, could end up being a great you know, strong point of this new team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, where you know, we haven't seen it in the past, but maybe they've learned from their from their mistakes or their environment, their situation that they found themselves in the last couple of years. And now you've got a player that's 365 days older and, and another season of, of learning and, and that the environment that they're playing. in. I, I, I like, and I wouldn't be this guy. I was on, I was on your show four months, three months ago, and I was pretty alarmed and, and worried about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their makeup. Um, one thing's been, you know, they've been on a nice little run. They've lost they, in that run. They've lost four of their top defensemen and they're still getting the job done. So the depth is there. It's just about when you're in the playoffs, are you willing to do whatever it takes? And if you're a small speedy forward on the fourth line, that doesn't mean you can't be tough. That doesn't mean you can't finish hits. That doesn't mean that you can't be in the right spot above the play, you know, the, on the, whatever zone you're playing in. I mean, those are attentions to detail that Sheldon Keefe has to, you know, drive through his players. But the moment you get guys that embrace their role, oh, my God, what, what a difference because you're not, not fighting the river. You're going with it. So um, I think it's a good thing that they've lost and they're more mature. They certainly seem that way. And um, But – couple defensemen on the back end, bigger, stronger, tougher to play against, I'd like to see. Okay. All right. And you are right. We haven't had you on the show for a while. Um, and I can assure you that uh, when we did have you on the show, no one envisioned the Boston Bruins being uh, 14, 15 points ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs right. at some point during the, the season here. So 
as much as you, you, you like the Leafs here, is there any part of you that says, as is right now, say the Boston Bruins didn't do a thing, say the Leafs didn't do a thing here, can this current Leaf team, if they match up against a Boston Bruin, can, can, can you envision them still finding a way to maybe keep a series close or, or winning the thing? And I need to remind you that the Boston Bruins have only lost five games in 46 this year. Yeah, Nick, it's amazing. It, if they keep on this same pace, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that they're the best record in the National Hockey League of all time. Regular season right. points. Pace, yep. percent, Who saw winning, that coming? Winning, winning, winning percentage. That's unbelievable. And you know what? I, I don't think there's a team in the NHL that can actually match the Boston Bruins today in a, in a seven-game series. I mean, I guess in theory, if teams can show up, and that's it's a tale of two different seasons they always talk about, but the Bruins look amazing. Now, Toronto's not that far off either. Um, you know, is, is it, does it come down to penalty killing and power play, which it always does? And your goal, other, see, Boston's goalies have been amazing. Toronto's goalies have been good. And tr- still in that idea, we don't know who number one is or who's, who's it going to be. I think it, there's, it's kind of emerging as we, as we speak now um, in the last few games. But I think the Toronto Maple Leafs have, have the team to be able to beat Boston. Um, if everything goes right, but the Bruins right now, boy, they're playing great. And their goaltending has been amazing. Um, their top players are literally elite. Um, it's been fun to watch them. Just while we're going around the league, I feel like we should ask every single hockey person we talked to, what'd you think of what went down in Vancouver and, and Rick Tockett getting hired and Boudreaux out? Well, to start it off, and I, cause I don't want to pay Rick Tockett's awesome. He's one, he was one of the guys I'm sure, Nick, you played against him around the same age as you. You guys are a tad older than I am. I looked up to Rick Tockett. Um, I fought Rick Tockett. I admire Rick Tockett. I wanted to be like Rick Tockett. So I'm excited for him. And I'm excited for his, his coaching staff, um, bringing Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar. You know what? Two defensemen, two type, different types of defensemen. But they also had, outside of Adam, they had success in, in Pittsburgh and um, with, with Mike Sullivan. I love talk. I think the situation in Vancouver sucked from, from the start. I think Bruce Boudreaux, although he's been around the National Hockey League, he's coached many different teams. He's one of the most winning coaches ever in the National Hockey League, and I think they screwed him over. You know, not only not even bad, it was awful. Yeah. And I, I didn't like the, the PR to it. I think it was terrible. Um, I'm a former Vancouver Canuck player twice, um, and so I don't like ripping the team I used to play for, but their, whatever they did or the decision-making did lead to that, um, I think was, you know, piss poor. And, um, but at the end of the day, Bruce is a, a, a weathered coach. He's been around the thing. But I, I love the idea that um, or, or the environment that the Canucks fans recognize the two. They're almost turning on management in Vancouver. And guess what? Lack of success does that. And um, I, I admire the fans for that. They stood up for Bruce, although that doesn't really mean much. Um, I just didn't like it from from the start. You you know that market by playing in it. Uh, can he win a few games to 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 make people forget, or is is that type of a fan base that is isn't uh, easily uh, that they would easily forget about how this thing went down? Well, here, the crazy part for me um, is. They lost two summers ago. They had a really bad 
offseason, the Vancouver Canucks did. And they were actually an emerging team, certainly a competitive team under Travis Green. Um, they lost Tanev. They lost Markstrom. Um, they lost Edler. And I'm trying to think who are the other. There was another one, uh, a prominent piece as well. Um, they, they, didn't, they didn't retool their team. Two coaches have now been fired with the players that have been playing on the ice there for Vancouver mm-hmm. in the last year and a half. Travis Green being the first. And of course, what we just witnessed and watched with Bruce Boudreaux. Are we that? Like, I, I'm not that separated from the game to think that there's going to be another coach that comes in and actually lights this team on fire. They don't have the pieces. They don't have the players consistently playing as well as either they're supposed to or maybe they've been overvalued. They're two top defensemen in Vancouver are arguably the worst defensemen in the National Hockey League. If you can imagine that, the two highest paid defensemen um, are actually in value, not that valuable, and they're eating up you know, a significant amount of your salary cap space. You, if you have those ingredients or just that environment, it, you can't win. Um, I think it's going to be tough for, for talk, but they have to identify who they want to grow with, go forward with, because they have the ability. Now, I don't know what they're going to get back in return, but they have the ability to probably trade five to five, at least five of their top eight players on their, on their roster right now that are supposed to be their top players. And, and I would like to, or not like to think, I would think that they're moving at least, at least three of them. Yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna be really interesting between now and what March third, uh, NHL trade deadline. Hey, made a fantastic stuff today. Really appreciate your time, man. I, you know, I always love it, man. Always love it. Can't wait. This is the best time. Well, not after the All Star break is when we start. <laughs> when we start counting it, counting the games down and scoreboard watching. But um, no alarm in Toronto at this point. I'm excited. Their goaltending's been good. That their top players are elite playing great yeah. so um, i think it's a good time to be a maple Leafs fan but i'll tell you what we'll still be asking the same questions come the end of the yeah season. Yes, same ones we asked before the season started hey we got to stay employed i mean <laughs> yeah we don't want JB answers and sammy <laughs> i mean questions. we we throw it out there and we keep asking the same questions a thousand different ways yeah uh you guys are great you do a good job thank you for having me Thanks, Brad May, Stanley you. Cup champion and a top analyst on the real kipper and born show sure is uh he's really good Rick Tockett gonna dig himself out of this thing in the in the next. Do you want him to? Couple it, of weeks. Absolute no win situation for Rick Tockett because if he comes in there and he says, "Hey, we're winning now," everyone's like, like "No, stop winning, <laughs> stop winning!" And then they keep losing, and then he could be like, "Well, we could have done that with Bruce, you know, and what? he wouldn't have had to. Well, like, it, he's screwed." No, it's, you can be Marty St. Louis. It's funny. Uh, Lose value with passion. Someone, <laughs> someone I talked to today uh, reminded me that when there's a, a coaching change, like l- look at the schedule, right? Oh yeah. Bruce brought this up in his and his did, did one he? of his last post games. What did he say? Well, just he's like, I got you know. He's like, I'm not. It's not lost on me what the next schedule is. And aren't they playing Columbus? Yeah, and... well, they got Columbus, Seattle, Bruce and I think Chicago. That? That's great. Yeah. So he just finished. <laughs> don't get, don't let Rick talk and play against the Edmonton Oilers, right? You're right. Keep, keep, keep Bruce for that game. They got Chicago, Chicago tonight, and then there's Seattle, Columbus, New Jersey, New York, New York, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah, there's some softer. Um, Jays did that with uh, Charlie Montoyo. Should be able to get Chicago tonight to get you off the ground running. That's kind of the idea. It's just, I would hope. Just start the prime the engine a little bit for a couple of wins. You know, 
if the Canucks are where they where are the Canucks in the standings? Maybe they're twenty sixth or whatever their exact number is. You know, if they finish twenty fourth or twenty eighth, they are twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. So if they finish, yeah, around there, like they're the amount of lottery balls they get are not that much different. You would like to see everyone in a happier working environment. You'd like to see progress from yeah. your young guys. A happy Quinn Hughes and Pedersen. The crazy thing is, is they're not that far from the bottom. They're eight points up on the worst team in the league. Once they trade uh, a couple more players, they may be full Tom Petty here. Just for how long? Free fall. <laughs> but for how long? What do you mean? How long will they free fall? How long does Rick Tockett need to, to get Vancouver Canucks excited again? I can tell you his contract's not very long. Three years? Were you not surprised at his contract? What did you hear? I heard that it's through 24-25, which is you finish out this year and then you get two years. Yeah, I heard... I heard uh, prorated this year and three more, but uh, I'm okay. not. I'm yeah. not. That's not uh, confirmed okay. out of anything that uh, you know. I would report on that's for right, sure. But I, I'd be surprised if he just got two full years out of this deal when he held all the cards. Agreed. So if he if he did, then I don't know. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd be surprised too. I that, that would make a lot more yeah. sense to me. Can we talk more about the Leafs' supposed, you know, starting goalie coming into the season wearing sunglasses at practice today? <laughs> did I we don't not think, do this? No. No, no, but we did. But I don't think it's a huge deal. Like, I think it's just... You mentioned it, but... The the one thing I think is interesting is, was it Kipper yesterday who said, or you who said no, that... No, it was Kipper, and it's... You know, maybe it's like buying time to work on something, like a swing thought at the range. My first thought. Yeah. When I saw the glasses, is that, okay... Well, you said it before you saw the glasses. You called it yesterday. I did call it yesterday. And one of the things that uh, Matt Murray, and this was an article that was written uh, at the beginning of October. This isn't uh, anything new. Um but it's what those goggles end up doing. It's a tracking aid that forces you to use the middle. And you read this already, right? Yeah. It gets you in a rhythm of moving your head and tracking the puck. So you clearly, sure full, not instead of just clearly, they think he's had issues the last two weeks tracking the puck. That's good. <laughs> is, that, is that important for the goalie? <laughs> is that the, the so puck? Are you seeing it? Let him. Yeah. Let them wear I, the glasses. I get the idea of the training aid, though. Right. Right? Make you do take, the full turn. Take your pocket full of tees and move it to the other side of your pants. Yeah. I don't know. Do whatever you need to do. I just don't go to the range. No. He, you know, I love the range. bad habits. And I know I'm leaving my best shots out well, there. Oh, uh, The thing with the range is like, oh, another one right down the middle. Well, it's like I'm not <laughs> doing anything right or different. They so don't what am I- count <laughs> at the range. <laughs> That's the difference. That's oh, awful. That's awesome. It's like, hey. What am I working on out here? Score when you you need to score for the team. I know. Can you do that? You can make $10 million a year if you actually scored when the team needed it the most. I know. Some of these, some people excel at that. It's a little it's a tough trick to do, though. It is. So now that Samsonov's getting tomorrow night, and then it's a, I guess it's an obvious situation that you go right back to, to Murray on Friday against against Ottawa? I would think oh, yes. that regardless that's of what happens. a full week for Matt Murray to practice, mm-hmm. and he will be sick of people in that organization telling him that, you know, including Curtis, that... <laughs> put, the, um, put the specs on. Yeah. Right now he's you got need, a Rube Goldberg more, machine. You, you in, need more sunglass work, buddy. 
So I... I, You're heading to Aruba for the all-star break with those just, Despite how great Samsonov could potentially play against a, a better mm-hmm. New York team than, I'm sorry, your Islanders were no, last yeah, night. You know, that's not fair. Uh, they don't want Samsonov to sit around too long and stew. I mean, Murray to sit around. Or Murray, stew, sorry. Yeah. No, Murray I, I think it's been too long. I, I thought he should have played last night, personally. So, you do, eh? Yeah, they, everyone's got this whole thing. He's going to play against his former team. And so, no. I am... Play, he doesn't play for them anymore. It doesn't, they aren't relevant. There's a part of me that is kind of concerned about that Friday night for Matt Murray. Because I think this... What if he goes and gets this, pumped well, no, by this, the Sens? The Sens pen, score. This pendulum has swung, right? Where every, there was a lot of Matt Murray, you know, momentum with everybody being excited about Mermentum, how good he's looked yep. and, you know... Mermentum? Mermentum, really nice. Everyone. Thank you. I tried. I missed it, though. But now it's obviously swung the, the fan vote, the, the, public, the court of public opinion here is ruling in favor of Samsonov. And if he goes out there and has another good game against a really good Rangers team tomorrow night, they win, or if he's even good and they lose, and then Murray goes out there on Friday night on home ice and he's no good against the crappy sense who, like you said, can score. they got a top 10 power play in the they, league. They, they should be way better than where they are in the standings right given now. Given the talent. Who, the Sens? Yes. Absolutely. Like underachievers. They just can't keep the puck out of their net. They can't keep the puck out They're of their D. net. D, it's the same as the Oilers early yeah. in the season. It was like, how do you expect to do that with their D? And you just, you think of the way the Leafs can play sometimes against a bad team on home ice, you know, with in front of Murray, not being confident. I just see a recipe for an interesting conversation on Monday. That's what I'm getting at here. Oh, boy. Anyways, we got Eddie O, who's uh, sitting behind you guys there. Oh, my goodness. Hey! So, <laughs> Give me a chance. <laughs> all right. You all are going to want to stick around for Eddie O when we come back after the break. You are watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, as promised and delivered. You know, sometimes we tell people, certain people are coming on the show. Well, I just want to know who canceled. Though. <laughs> and then they don't show up. <laughs> I want to know who canceled. Justin, <laughs> great to see you, buddy. Great to have you in studio. Thank you very much. What an honor. Here, I, here you, want to, you want to know the lay, uh, lay of the land here? I want, I want all so the So phone details. rings. Yeah. Hey, yeah, coming in for Wednesday, huh? Yeah, yeah, Kipper, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. He didn't even ask me how I'm doing or nothing. Just, yeah, I knew where he was going. <laughs> right. Yeah, where are you staying? Yeah, yeah, I'm staying. Oh, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. I get on, uh, you know, I get on that World Wide Web thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 21 minutes. So <laughs> wait, where's the five minutes? Now, it was that five Canadian? Yeah. Or was that five U.S.? No, like, it was what? five Canadian. Hey. For sure. Hey. Hey, buddy. Thanks. Welcome to welcome hey. in. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, we nice appreciate you, guys. you know, and, and, uh, We had Rick Talkett scheduled. I, I don't know if you're aware yeah, that, well, that he I got a job. Yeah, I did have somebody really a little bit more important. <laughs> a little bit more important. <laughs> and and, and fe- he's a little busy today. Well, he's probably right now. He's probably, yeah, he's probably napping nap. or looking at some video. And you, you lost a teammate over at yeah, TNT. Yeah. As a look at, uh, in all seriousness, I'm sure we'll get to whatever you guys want to get to in a second. But, like, I think talk really... Uh, I think he really was the glue there in the studio with with our crew there, and just yeah. 
you know, obviously wearing a lot of different hats in the National Hockey League as an assistant to a head coach and obviously being a a tough-nosed player to play against. But he, he just, uh, I think he flourished, and he really enjoyed it. Like, oh, I he, think he, he loved it, you yeah. know? We, we loved having him on yeah. our show every yeah. chance we yeah. got. Yeah. We knew the schedule got a little tougher, and yeah. then... I don't know how long those rumors have been with him in Vancouver months and, you know. Well, I'm yeah, sure well, obviously they were just because of the relationship, right? I mean, with with uh, with, with Patrick and with uh, Mr. Rutherford there and, you know, it's just, I mean, it, it's been around for yeah. a long, long time. And then when you heard the comments coming from Vancouver and, you know, the uh, just all the speculation and the next thing you know, it's, you know, and here we are. So, when we saw him on Wednesday night, because he did uh, he did studio uh, the other night, and yeah. you know you can kind of feel and in here and kind of sense that uh, <laughs> oh you know the, like the whole world <laughs> it was, the whole it was coming it was sense. coming down the pipe you know so were you, uh, were we, you? we were navigating uh, very quickly and then he brought out the dry erase board I want to know if he brought the dry erase board from the studio to <laughs> oh, Vancouver because the- <laughs> if he did it I'm sure we can uh, I'm sure we can get it expressed or something and it won't take five minutes talk either because. You know, Kippers, everything's five minutes for him. (laughs) (laughs) Just, were you surprised in the year 2023 with so many different platforms to get information out that it it ended up the way it did? What do you mean? Just just how the story evolved and how the situation of Vancouver? Yes, and how everybody knew that talk it was coming in. Bruce was getting fired. Bruce is still there. Bruce is waiting. The whole world's waiting for Bruce to get fired. Like just, the, yeah, I mean, the way I, I don't. Like, again, I, I don't. I mean, however, I mean, obviously, we know how it played yes. out. But at the end of the day, like with all the experience of you know of of Mr. Rutherford out there in Vancouver, I mean, obviously, very surprising. And he talked about it at, at the presser. So you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But you know, it's that's in a situation. It's 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 not easy. I lived it when I was coaching at Pittsburgh and kind of felt it was coming, it was coming, and all of a sudden, you know, sure enough, 10 days later when we, you know, lost a couple of games back-to-back that, uh, you know, you get that phone call and then, you know, but, I mean, I felt bad for Gabby. I mean, that's, you know, you just, you kind of know your fate there. And, and obviously looking back at it and always looking at it, I try to anyways, is whether I'm watching a game on television and, and uh, see how analysts handle certain situations, I always try to put myself in that situation. Yeah. So at the end of the day, try to put myself in the in the chair of, of uh, Mr. Rutherford and, and the Vancouver Canucks and go, oh, like if that was our ultimate decision, then you know what? Probably should have just told Gabby you're out. Let's put Mikey O in there. He's got coaching experience. Right. And then let's, let's figure it out from there. Again, I, for whatever reason, it didn't happen that way. And, and it played out. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a learning experience, not only for the Vancouver Canucks, but for, you know, for, for other teams or other yeah. businesses that are in that situation. And just say, you know what, look, let's just... Let's just cut bait here, and it's not easy. But um, it, it was interesting too, because uh, reading and just in watching it, and it was able like when you read comments from guys, um, you know, you take it for what it is, and then when you actually see the, the the video and the the body language and stuff, if anybody gets a chance and go back and and watch uh, and watch Luke Shen talk, or I think talk for about six and a half minutes about it, and I thought he was, uh, I mean, so eloquent and very honest and very to the core. And uh, I, I think you could tell that he's going to miss him. That, that, yeah. yeah. And that, and that was weighing on, um, on everybody. Yeah. And, you know, look at, it, it is tough to win in a national hockey league when you're healthy and you're mentally in there and everything's going on. But 
when you have that, you know, on your shoulders, it, it makes it really difficult. So if anybody gets a chance, I, I give Luke Shen a lot of credit. I mean, he, uh, again, one of the veteran guys, and that's what you need. You need your veteran guys to be able to, to be out there, and, and he was on that. So uh, a, tip of the, uh, a tip of the hockey yeah. helmet to him. You know, that, that's one thing that, um, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, why not just wait or why not just promote Mike Yo? Is that not a part of it? Like, you can't. It was an untenable working environment for the players who kind right. of felt like this is going to happen later. Can you wait on that and and survive and live and thrive? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I, kind of this, uh, the road that they ended up traveling. I mean, this all started at camp, right? Oh, yeah. It was Oct- uh, Gabby said today or day before that it was October 8th. He knew it was coming down on him. Yeah, right. You know? So, I mean, you know, look at it. He was, the new management team came in after, right? After he was there, so that is their decision making. And look, at and Jimmy Rutherford's been around a long, long time and has had great success. And um, trying to get a feel for everything and what's going on. So um, I just, like I said, you just kind of saw it. Seemed like it was going down this path. And now, I I think they're still paying Travis Green, are they not? Yeah. Or the last yep. year or whatever he's got going right. So I, look at we understand the. Uh, the market and and uh, you know the business side of this of you know actively you know paying out three coaches, but I mean this isn't anything like we haven't seen. I mean your buddy over there, Iron Mike, was getting paid by six teams at one point. So. <laughs> I think he still is. Yeah, throwing three yeah. Russian teams. Yeah. That's, that's that's the Bobby Bo. That's the Bobby Bonilla. Uh, yeah. Getting paid yeah. until like twenty. How do we get on that program? Yeah, right. I remember I was saying I, <laughs> my one NHL camp. I got to play golf with Bill Guerin, and he was telling me about his kids. One's in horseback riding, one's in gymnastics, one's whatever. I was like, no, that has to be pretty expensive. And he was like, well, not to be a dick, but I'm rich. <laughs> He's getting paid by the Sharks, the Blues, the Islanders. He was getting like four NHL paychecks at the time. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of like you, Kip. That's Kipper. That's, 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 that's kind of that's like you the last couple of years. Oh, no, huh? no, no, yeah. no. Not even close. Jeez. No, you're, you're still getting paid by Chicago Blackhawks, aren't you? No. <laughs> no. Come on. No, no. Seattle money's looking pretty yeah, good Seattle, right now. Yeah, Seattle's, are, are you, Seattle's nice and TNT is very nice. Yeah. Hey, and you're solely responsible for this turnaround of the Kraken. Nothing to do with it. Can't that. be just John Forslund. Oh, it is all Johnny. <laughs> it's always it's, all, it's always Johnny. Oh, he's, what is, he is like, awesome. seriously? He is awesome. When when is uh, when is it going to strike midnight and we're going to see them? Well, why do, why does it have to strike? midnight? I don't know. I'm just asking you because they're not supposed to be as good as. This. Well, I'll just, I guess I'll, I'll ask you this, is that why with, and I think the narrative, I, I was on with you guys, I want to say maybe 10 days, two weeks ago, whatever, but like that there was a narrative where, like, how are they doing this? Because this is the same team. Right. Stop right there. Yeah. Not the same. There's no, it's four not. different guys. Well, no, right. right? But let, At least let's, four. Well, let's go back. Yeah. Tanev got hurt and Schwartz got hurt. And yeah. there you got you know, Schwartz is a top nine guy. Yeah, 100%. Oh, Turbo's, I mean, he's he can play with your top guys. You can put him on a fourth line. He's I, I gonna, think he's the best fourth line guy in the league right now. I, I won't argue with it because he's had himself an unbelievable season. Again, two guys that weren't there last year for the majority of the year are healthy. Matty Beneers came in and played the last 10 yeah. games of, of, of the regular season. They went out and got Bjorkstrand. They got Burakovsky. They picked up Justin Schultz. And then Martin Jones, who played a lot better in Philadelphia than I think his numbers and, you know, the eye test will tell you, no disrespect to the numbers because they are what they are, but he played better than maybe what his record was. So I just, I mean, how many guys did I name? 
half I mean, dozen. That, yeah, right. That's yeah. seven guys. Yeah. So yeah. they've, you know, those guys all of a sudden half are a in, team. Your, in your top nine. And you're playing with the puck way more. They can outscore their problems. And early in the year, the power play won them a boatload of games. Kind of gone a little dry here, but it does. Their penalty killing got dug themselves a hole, and they just haven't been able to really move up from being in the, you know, the bottom two or three in the league. But when they went on that seven-game road trip and they won them all, and that's never happened before in the history of the game, yeah. is their penalty kill went up against, let me try to get this right. They went Edmonton, Toronto, Buffalo, Boston in the mix? In Boston. Those, are Those four top are top. Five. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Top six, I think, at that yeah. particular time. And they only gave up, like, obviously, the Boston game they won. They shut them out. But the other games, they only gave up one. Where they had been giving up two yeah. at times. So, long-winded on that. I, look at, like, they've been relatively healthy, but lately they've kind of getting, they've kind of got bit here recently. Lost Schultz. Uh, Schwartz was out. Burakovsky didn't play the other night against Colorado. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look at, as long as they get the consistent goaltending from Jones and, 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 uh, and Grubauer has been very, very good. Uh, his numbers are what they are, but he has given them a chance to win in the last four. So I think he's found his game. So, and I think Dave Haxel, I, I, know, I haven't heard Dave Haxel's name at all for being in the running for coach of the year. And look, at, we know what Monty's doing in Boston. Yeah. Which, you know, just let's start, you know, get the chisel out and start putting in the, you know, Montgomery on it because, yeah. man, this is incredible what they're doing. But... He deserves a heck of a lot of credit for the job that he's done. So that's a fine. I'll put it in a tip jar. That's my bad. So, um, you, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's how it is. And that's, and can they keep going? I mean, look at the division. Like who, who's really, and I know Edmonton's playing well. Calgary kind of looks to me like they found something here the last couple of games. Yep. They just kind of look like they're. Even with the slimmest of margin overtime win against Columbus well, okay, last yeah, night. But, okay, but they're, they're winning that game. Yes. Yeah. Maybe two weeks ago they don't yeah. win that game, you know? So I, I like, I've liked the way that they played a couple of games. So Vegas has kind of been in and out here recently. Uh, L.A. is, you know, I mean, L.A.'s played really, really well, but they had a stretch of games there where, you know, they had the 9-8 game against Seattle, right. you know? So yeah. it, the division... I think the division is wide open, and it's a team that can, you know, I, I believe at the end of the day, the team that can stay healthy, and then a team can, uh, you know, get their especially teams in order. We've got Eddie Olchuk in studio, live and in color. I still haven't answered the question. What Who question? canceled on you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Sammy's got the list of canceled no, 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 guests. Don't Sammy. Sammy came down. He greeted me. I got, out of the, I got out of the Uber, and I was in the right place. I went in the right door. You know, just so lucky in job. town for <laughs> yeah. TNT. In, big in, game. I've, I've been in TO for, uh, I think I've been here like four of the last five weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, Seattle was here. Oh, and then yeah. I had, I think we had like three, we had three TNT games, obviously with, you know, with, with, with Matthews and Marner and the way the Leafs are playing. So it's, it's great for us and ratings have been great. So we're, we're happy to be up here. And a big one tomorrow night, New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a heck of a game. It would be. I a did heck play of a game. for. I did play. Well, you did too. Yeah, Kipper. sometimes you remember. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> you guys won a Stanley Cup together. That sounds fun. No, I was. No, not, I forgot that he was with the Leafs at one point. Oh, so I, yeah. I knew I was. So just <laughs> right, you know. right. So where do you have the New York Rangers in terms of? Uh, still one of the youngest teams. Yeah. Uh, you look at that blue line, and it's getting better. Kendra Miller's going to be a star. Is it? A star. I mean, it's. I mean. I, like, how do you not look at that and just automatically without even just going up and down the league? Like, I look at Carolina's defense when healthy, and I go, yeah. you know what, they're pretty underrated, and they're probably not in a lot of people's top five because I don't think people 
still I mean, respect them as yeah. much as they should. But I look at the Rangers' defense and go, wow, if that defense can just stay together and stay healthy and, you know, look at can you could you can you upgrade maybe, you know, is Schneider the guy at, at, at six or, or, yeah. or whatever, however you may look at it. You can never have enough of depth on the back end. But, I mean, that, that D is like sometimes you look at it and just go, wow, this is, this is yeah. a challenge and a half. Is Truba having the same type of year? Kipper loves Truba too as he was thumping everyone last year. I feel yeah. like this season not as much as he's been on track for you. I think he's been as consistent, like, since he's gotten to New York. Like, he's yeah. really, he's gone to his to another level. You know, speaking of defense, you mentioned Truba. You remember, what was it? I'm going to just throw a number out and you guys can tell me. You go back five years ago, the defense that Winnipeg had. Oh, God, was it Bufflin, With Truba. Buff and Truba, right? Yeah. yeah. Morris, Mor- yeah, yeah, right. Up, up right? You had Sherratt there. Yeah. Right. Right? I mean, like, their, their D. Kulikov? Like, <laughs> their D was, like... I mean, you said, how did they not, you know, how did they not get to a cup final with, right. with the D and the guy in goal, obviously. And, and I, think, I, think Connor, I think Connor Hellebuck is, you know, I mean, I, I love that guy. Like, I yeah. think he's, he's right there. Like, I think he's a top two or three goalie in the league. And so, but yeah, the Rangers defense to me, um, it's, you know, could it be the difference this year for them to, you know, to get them, you know, to push them ahead a little bit here and, uh, and take that next step. But um, we watched uh, the Islanders last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I, it's disappointing, I think. Uh, not to, the first 15 minutes. Yeah, not the first 15. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, now, I, I know last time I checked, the game is 60 minutes. 40, I, I 45 am, lost you I, the game. I, I, I under, <laughs> the, the 45 I, I, lost I, you I, the I, game, I Eddie. understand. But the yeah. 15 was really good. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't even close. If, no. I mean, at least on TV, anyways. No, no, you're right. If we are looking at the East, I mean, is it is it locked already in terms of what we're going to see here. Yeah, you mean the Leafs and Lightning? No, not so much. I'm just going what beyond do you mean, that. not so much? Buffalo, Florida, Islanders. Can they knock out Washington or Rangers for a wild card spot here? Are you putting Pittsburgh in that? I'm putting in Pittsburgh that, in, in that, that as well. Yeah, yeah. In, in, that, yeah. in that grouping, right? I am. Well, I mean, I think everybody expects... I mean, I, I'm expecting Florida at some point here to take a to take a run, but every time I look or whatever, it's like, no, they're one game over 500. Right. No, two games over. They're, they're one game under 500. They're, they're, they're 500. Like, that's been, like, to me, if there's, I mean, there are a lot of stories, and you guys talk about it on a daily basis. You guys do an unbelievable job. But, like, how often is anybody sitting here going, were, were they not, like, at the top of the yeah. at the heap last year? And, then, you know, the, you know, sweeping and then the coaching change. Like, I thought Bruin, like, the situation Andrew Burnett got put into last year, like I think he handled it unbelievably well. His team just – I did that series. I did Tampa, Florida last year, and Florida didn't get to their game until game game four. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's, I guess it's always easy to blame the coach. I li- You know, I lived it. But they had some guys that just – they didn't play very well in that Tampa series. Yeah. And, and was you know, it an overreaction then, the offseason? Well, I, yeah, I, I mean – Obviously, you know, major changes when you do, you know, you, you make the coaching change right. and then and then you make, obviously, the, you know, the huge trade. The we're too soft team move. Well, I like... I, people my, wanted the Leafs to make that move. I, I, would, I would have liked to seen them tweak because they did have that element in their game when you look at some of the guys that they have in the lineup. I mean, is Bennett not that? Is Bennett not a guy? Yes, like that? absolutely. Right. 
I mean, you got good toe to toe with Tampa in some of those games that we watched. No, yeah, right. But I mean, you go back to the playoff before yeah. like, that was as great as a series that I've seen. Oh, and vicious, yeah. Six, yeah. Oh, five, yeah, right, five, right. Four, so I yeah, think they, great. I think to answer that, I mean, you know, to get a little tough for Kipper, I think it was there. But you know, look at you. You don't win, and expectations are, and look at obviously Bill Zito, the general manager, their thought that well, it was a lot of this had to do with Bruno, and he didn't give him the opportunity to you know to to come back. So and here they are now. I mean, they're like they're a bubble team right now. Are they, oh, yeah. are they catching? Are they catching either Toronto or Tampa? No, I mean they're they're a minus four goal differential team. Yeah. I don't know. People don't care about plus minus all the time, but yeah. you know we're over halfway. We're fifty, yeah, right, 50 right. games in. Yeah, no, you 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 are. I mean, you are what you, what your numbers say you are. Right at the end of the day, but like I think that's really an interesting. Uh, you know, like that's one team you sit there and go, holy cow! Like, let's go. Yeah. Like let let's see who you you know let's see who you really are at this particular time and you know Matthew Kachuk has been I mean he's been he's he's been unbelievable everything. I mean he's been everything he's been, when I see those two when I see those two kids I call them kids because I you know I play with Walt um, I'm just like geez, you know that 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 uh, I don't I don't say that apple that watermelon didn't fall far no. from the tree there <laughs> no, you know no, what no. I mean like I look at him I go oh, there's Walt there's his, there's Chantel. Yeah. You know, You're saying there's just, uh, three players in the league leading their team in points and pims, and yeah. two of them are Kachuk. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, not, 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 shocking. Yeah, yeah. shocking. <laughs> but Florida's. I mean, to me, Florida's the. I want to say the wild card. I'm not because I'm not talking about the. I'm talking right. about the, for the wild card. The wild card out of those teams you were talking about, I would say the Florida Panthers because I think everybody expects them to, to make a run here, and you know they're not. They're up against it, are they not? Cap wise, like they're really, really. Oh, yeah. Like it's snug, so Many I don't know what they can do. Seventeen you know? teams up yeah. against the cap right yeah, now, and right. that's why we continue to see zero movement. Yeah. Teams would like right. to make trades, yeah. they just can't, and we'll wait uh, maybe another three or four weeks before we see anything of significance. When I was coaching in Pittsburgh and a long time ago, it's like two things that I that I learned, and one I learned later because obviously the cap came came evolved is is figure out doesn't matter what level that your your players are playing for you draft picks uh juniors college american league whatever nhl is figure out who and what your guys are before the rest of the league does right in most all hockey people and you're gonna make you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes at some point you're gonna get rid of a guy early and he's gonna flourish and you know we name a couple of guys but then as well is that and talking to people and learning and having gone through some interview processes is just the understanding of is if you can have cap space, Mm -hmm. you can dance with anybody at any time. And I know it's hard to do. And sometimes you got to be able to, you know, do the, you know, the gymnastics with the numbers, but if you can have that ability and when you're in a position to either go for it or to maybe get some assets for down the road and you have that, Ability, is you that, put yourself in. You put yourself in a hell of a spot. Is that why Boston's only lost five games so far this season? Because they figured out what they have a lot uh, quicker than than say Toronto, who's still trying to figure out if Joey Anderson's a fourth line guy for them. Well, I I, I would answer it this way: is that I, I it, that's is the captain and the guys that he has around him that that yeah. that follow. Like Patrice Bergeron to me just is the I mean he is he's the modern day he, Mark Messi. He, he's he's the ultimate. Isn't he? Not? He he he's uh, 
He's going to win, what, a seven cell game? No, I'm not talking about style. No, I'm just talking no. about how he can no. control uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. vision yeah. and... A culture yeah. of a team. Yeah. A culture. Yeah, and in his, in his actions, certainly... I'm talking about uh, Bergeron. Yes, is when he go, you know, when he, the way that he plays and and being around the Bruins had I like I think maybe three games in about twelve days, and talking to a lot of people there, is there just seems to be a feel Kipper and Justin that again these are my words from my perception is that with with Bergeron having being on a one year deal, Krejci's the same right. There just seems to be almost uh, like, come on guys, like. This this might be it, you know. I mean, win yeah, one know, more, like, win, yeah. Win oh, I, the old last dance, yes. you know. Like, and it just <laughs> yeah. it just feels like that. Yeah. But to me, Bergeron is the guy, and you have Marshan, who's developed into a what top fifteen player in the league. Oh yeah. Right, and then Jake DeBrusque with and, and let's let's give Bruce Cassidy some credit here. Going back last year with Jake, is obviously came out publicly that he wanted out. And he had a tough, obviously wasn't playing all that great. And then uh, Bruce Cassidy gave him an opportunity to start killing penalties. And if you look at the numbers since he started killing penalties last year, and then Monty, now Jim he's Montgomery. keeping him in the game a little bit more. And he's, he's out, you know, he's just, he's active. He's, he's moving his, you know, he's moving his feet. And he's, I mean, he has turned, like in the last year, and I know he's hurt right now. He had the two goals in the Winter Classic. On a broken leg. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> it comes from Louie, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's all Louie, <laughs> for sure. But, so, like, if you look at that, yeah. emergence of a guy that, okay, we're expecting this guy, expecting this guy, all of a sudden, he does, and he, you know, he signs an extension, and, you know, and, and has turned his, I don't say he's turned his career around, but he's turned his career around in Boston with, with killing some penalties and being a little bit more active. So, um, but I, I just, I think the way that they've done things in, in Boston, and look at, Whoever thought that, I mean, I, I didn't. Who thought Allmark was going to be, uh, you know, sure. is going to be, you know, actually not, be Frank Vezina, you know? No, apparently not the Bruins, or the Sabres. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, that culture we're talking about and the way that, you know, Bergeron has been playing on a pretty cheap contract and a one-year mm-hmm. deal and, you know, Marchand has been underpaid for a long time, Pasternak's deal co- is coming up. Right. Is there enough of a culture there that Pasternak would be the next one to say, I'm probably worth 12 and a half, but I'll play for 10? Sure. You yeah. think so? Yeah, yeah. I, it just feels impossible to me. But then again, I don't have money, so I mean, he's got a few in the bank. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning it, towards that. Are you really? Yeah, that, that he it, would take less money to a stay. A little there. less. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, hey, you, that, want, you want to say eighty-eight for eight? Man, that, I mean, that, that's you, a good right? deal. Eight, eight, that, eight years, that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, that's yeah. a great yes. deal. Right? I mean, and could he go out July first and say, "I want to be a twelve million dollar player" and maybe get some? Somebody oh, sure there going, I, I, I don't know, yeah. but he will be drawn into that Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci. We all took less. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're lifers. We're going to yeah. love it here. Don't it, underestimate right? the pickup of uh, Hampus Lindholm either. Yeah. Right. Like that was a Donnie Sweeney. They, they, that was a, that was a hell of a move. That's six and a half. Hell of a move. We can help the Leafs or no, probably. Right. But <laughs> that, and, and, but. They're going to have to bump it up off of uh, what they paid Charlie McAvoy. It's not the same. It's just going to be a little bit more. And I think when that, is his deal up, Lindholm? Is that who you're talking about? No, Lindholm? no, no. Oh. I'm talking about uh, uh, McAvoy. McAvoy makes nine point five. Oh yeah, yeah, nine, 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 yeah, right. So yeah, yeah. you're going to have to pay him more than McAvoy. Pasternak. But, yeah. Yeah, Pasternak. Yeah. Well, okay. So, but, but what, not, what's yeah, ten? 
Okay, well, all yeah. right. Well, 10, so two. If, if he asks for 88 for eight, what are you going to say? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll give, we'll give you, we'll yeah. give you 87 two. Okay, uh, where, do <laughs> yeah. we, where do we sign? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see him going anywhere. Wow. I, I don't either, but yeah. that's, you know. Again, now, can, can the Leafs, do the Leafs have to make a significant move to close the gap on Boston? Significant? Yes. Uh, Check a out. top 4D, a top 6 forward. Would they have to give up their prospect in Matthew Nyes? Would it be worth the taking the chance? Well, I mean, how, how much sand is left in the hourglass? Like, is this something that's like, you know, are we I mean, talking do, you have, do you have to get to the conference finals? Are I we mean, talking I, about Kyle Dubas's sand? Yeah, or? yeah the GM sand. Well, is no, that, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, or, I'm saying the organization. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I honestly, I can't, I can't answer that. But look at, they got a good enough team to go on a run and give themselves a chance. But like, m- m- again, we know we got a lot of hockey to go. I mean, I said this on our TNT broadcast a couple of weeks ago when we were here. It's like, well, start booking your flights between here and Tampa. Yeah. For round one, because I like, is anybody catching Boston? I mean, no. doesn't look like it. Could the two teams flip flop here at some point? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is anybody catching the third team in a division? No, probably not. So I would say, Kipper Moore, to answer your question is, what do they need to take out Tampa? I wonder, would they do that? Like, given the choice between a couple of guys, actually say, all right, this guy maybe makes us a better team, but this guy helps us more against Tampa. Would you do that? Would you focus on one team specifically? I focus to try to win a Stanley Cup. And the only way you can win is if you win one round. Oh, I like Win the first round. Yeah, now, you, you would assume, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, all right. We talked about that in 94, and it you know, just <laughs> took us a while to get there. And we just, okay, whatever you guys say, we'll... we'll I'll, I'll lead you guys in a stretch, and this guy will be the clown hey, in the locker room. Hey, over here. Do you remember that first round against uh, uh, the Islanders? Yeah. They didn't touch the puck. Yeah. Steve Thomas he says to me after the series, uh, we didn't touch the puck. <laughs> Just getting around Zamboni one end of the ring. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the case against the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Toronto we, Maple Leafs. You know what, Justin, the thing that was really, really tough for us that year was the travel. <laughs> no for us because yeah, yeah. we weren't playing oh i see like come on let's get on a plane here let's, let's you know, we could use a we could use another 55 dollars right. of per diem you know it's like let's see what was it kid it was islanders, islanders. right yeah for the wash islanders wash yeah. jersey Devils. yeah yeah and then oh geez we got to go all the way to vancouver <laughs> jeez that was yeah, you're, you're fresh for your first travel and the canucks the poor canucks i think they were like in st louis uh, I think they were Calgary, Toronto, oh, yeah, they were right? just and then on spent. New York, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah, Don't spent. kid yourself. Don't kid yourself because we went in there after being up 3-1 in a series in game six. We went to Vancouver, and we probably played our worst game in probably 50 games. Yeah. Thank God. There were two days in between game six and oh, game yeah. seven. I, I was a boy growing up in BC, yeah. okay, watching okay, the games, right, rooting okay. for the Canucks, uh, you know? Okay. Wait, 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 Sorry, hey, listen, did I'm you just have, telling did you. Have pull ups? Of, all I remember is did a lot of posts. Did you have pull-ups on or what? <laughs> there I mean, was a lot on. of posts. Oh, Islander pajamas? <laughs> I was, yeah, it was a pajama boy pre-Tavares, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but look at it. I mean, uh, look at I think it's a fair question, but, I, you know, I, look at, I haven't looked at some of the cap things in a while, but, you know, what, what can they do? But, look, if you're asking me... You're doing whatever you need to. Well, you're, I, I'm saying yeah. whatever you, whatever Kyle and Shani think that they need to do, I think I think you you pull out all the stops and go. You know what? We need we need X. Okay, mm-hmm. well, how do we, how do we go and who's the best What's X the out there? Yeah. And then, and then you and then you worry about it. If we started to really put together an NHL trade list right now, we're seeing some big names. Some of the some of the uh, 
bigger names that we've seen in Kane, a long Taves, time. I mean, based Kimo on Meyer. on on the on the press of the cap, like uh, uh, the market has a chance to be really disappointed to see names not moved here. Or or just low cost, right? Like if there's a lot of guys available and Kane wants to go play somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys do have the no movement, so they dictate the terms and go, okay, you know, I'm Nick Kiprios and I have no movement clause. I only go, want to go to one place and one place only, and that's, that's Toronto. The Claude Giroux well, okay. in Florida. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And Flyer fans were disappointed for that, and there's no question that if Pat Kane decides to, to, to get moved, mm-hmm. they're not going to get Pat Kane market value for him. The, well, what, what, would Chicago say no, Pat? We're not moving you. No, they, I, I would assume that again. They don't have just because a guy comes to you and says, "I want to, I want out of here." Well, you know, we're not, we we don't have to. But yeah. obviously, it's a different situation. Oh What's, my gosh! No, no, you you know what I'm saying. You know, like, also, like yeah. Davidson's a young GM. He can't go out and get smoked in his first big right. trade. You I, know? I don't think he needs to be embarrassed by yeah. it. And and if them a team that's trying to get if it Pat does Kane, happen, I don't think he he won't. He won't. Right? He won't. He won't. But again, if a team like that, that's the issue for teams that give out the no movement clauses like they're candy. Yeah. Is that you get in that situation. I mean, you'd like to have one from A and one from B and then be able to, you know, get the best deal if the guy's willing to go there. He can come to you and say, I want to go to team A, but hey, you know what? Would you think about team B? Mm-hmm. Right? Because my understanding with the Giroux situation last year is that the Rangers had an unbelievable deal on the table. Really? And he chose, after telling him that might be somewhere, chose yeah. not to go. He wanted to only go to Ottawa Ode. then, you know? So, again, you look at it from a team's point of view yeah. and go, oh, jeez. Like, but you gave him the no movement, so he he's driving the bus. Yeah. All right, I'm told by our producer, Sammy, we're going to take a quick break. But I'm going to show you the power of our YouTube channel. Because right now we have 160. What, what is that? It's YouTube. It's like this whole network. It's on that web you it's mentioned about you? It's, it's No, it's our show. Worldly. Oh, look, we're, look, 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 right there. Okay. But I'm going to tell right, you how powerful. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how powerful you are in, in the YouTube world. Where, Winnipeg? Or? 116 thumbs up. 116? Yeah. Does that mean mean there's 114 that are watching? No, we've got almost 1,200 people watching. Really? Yeah, which is actually a pretty good number. 10%? Yes. Wow. So I'm going to... And the other 90 are are giving me the the double bird? (laughs) (laughs) Can you you put the double bird up with thumbs up? I want to know, how do you decipher between the double bird and a thumbs up? We're going to find out because I'm asking everybody to give... Eddie O. No, just that. No, a, a thumbs up. This. This no, not, no, it's already done. It's out there. I'm challenging everybody. Where we are at 116. I want to see how many thumbs up we get for Eddie O after no, the break. Stop doing that. Yes. It's only five it's minutes. Done. Yeah, the hotel's only five minutes done. away. Hey, okay, plenty yeah. more to come up with Eddie Olchuk. Get those questions ready, Sammy, because we are going to pepper Edzo after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Great daily gambling advice from Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert in the fan morning shows, Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Back in studio here, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Eddie Olchuk. Eddie! <laughs> People think I'm just crazy. It's fine. You are. 
I gotta, I gotta tell you, Justin. No, no, and everybody, no and 116 no people stories. that are watching us on MeTube. Or no, wait, you, YouTube. You said YouTube. YouTube. Okay. MeTube. Um, sorry. A few more uh, thumbs yeah. up. There, okay. Right? Okay. 116 to almost 260. Okay. Now, Just for you. And what about the, what about the birds thumbs. and the thumbs? You don't want to know. Birds. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> don't ask. That's okay. Uh, it's all right. It's the real world. I gotta tell you. No. We, I don't know what you're gonna say. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I would okay. never go in any other direction. Like. We had the best part about this, about the game, are the people. Yeah. And the journey that you're able to go through. And I was able to go through it with him and talk about Glenn Healy, Mike Hartman. You know, guys, just, you know. Howdy. Just role players, you know. Yeah. Accept and execute your role and wait for your name to be called. And But then when you're able to interact with Gravy, you know, Adam Graves and Brian Leach and Mark Messi and Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish and Mike Richter and go on and on and on. Um, like when we see each other for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. at least for me, it, it feels like, 1994, <laughs> right. you know, like it, yeah. like it really does. You but know? slower and, and, and fatter. Yeah, oh no, yeah, right. you guys, it feels like 1994. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You were in your uh, you were in your pajamas. You that's said right. watching uh, watching the yeah. final. But that's what know. winning does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is a lifelong bond. It's interesting because you went through that watching your families. Yeah. In New yeah York, exactly. You know, I think yeah. about my own experience as a player and some of the like, you know, uh, the lower leagues and whatever. And the coolest part about it is the times it, you know, like you guys. I won at the lower levels, but finding a way through the tough times and the stuff that sucks and, you know, the resilience. You talk about Marc Messier all the time because it really does take a certain type of person and it changes the way you think, seeing someone else deal with adversity and hard times. And I think you take that after your career to whatever your career is next in your family life. And when stuff sucks, you know, you know that some people can handle it well. And, you know, I I, you just learn so much. It really is a journey. And I'm sure that's what keeps you guys bonded. Yeah, I mean, I think the... Obviously, the winning helps without a doubt, but I think the the adversity and the challenges uh, individually, collectively, um, how coaches see things, how players see things, and to be able to have somebody there, regardless if he's making five schmill and he's the captain or he's making 550 and he's an extra guy, you know, everybody has the ability to be able to galvanize and pick each other up when they know that they're uh, going through a tough time or somebody has the courage to be able to stand up to the coach, whether it's a top line guy or, you know, an extra guy like, you know, Kipper and I, but it's, uh, it's, it's always, uh, yeah. it's always special to be able and to, it, to, to and get the, back and, in. The, oh, what, what are you, what are you no, thinking about? I was about just thinking there? about like what you're talking about. Or do you and, have gas over there? You're leaning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you, it was John Garrett and uh, Shorty now. <laughs> Well, what happened? Did you see that? Uh, no, it, I didn't. It was a oh, really? Big really? fart sound during a game, it's and a Shorty just paused and said, "Was that you, John?" <laughs> right in the middle of the telecast. Well, Seemed appropriate with everything that Vancouver went through yeah, in the last okay. week and a half. Think yeah. around the organization, all right? <laughs> okay. But just the, the galvanizing of players, and it's not usually, uh, you know, just players. And I, you know, just a quick story that I don't know if it really gets talked about is we had a guy in our our uh, PR department, Maddie Lochran. Mm-hmm who, you know, for whatever reason, was going through a tough time the year we won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And Mess kind of brought us all together and said, we, we got to do something for him. So we kind of all got together and got him a Mercedes-Benz. No, you didn't. That's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they asked him to meet us by the Zamboni, the yeah. whole teams around this car. Yeah. And Mark just says... 
gives him the keys. Ugh. And honest to God, the amount of emotion that you watched a human being yeah. go through in that second. Yeah. Wow, it was a great moment for Brought our you by team. Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's super cool, though. That is coming together for people, yeah, and, and that's and I've always said this is that the you know I, I'm not putting the traveling secretary people in into the same um, you know I guess I'm putting them in with the verbiage with the trainers and stuff. But those people for hockey players are the lifeline. Yeah. Like they are the lifeline. If if you are good to them. They will take care of you the rest oh, of your yeah. life. Oh, my because gosh. when you, when I see guys now in the league that are still, you know, and Mark, active. Yeah. Um, and Mark get, got it. He understood mm-hmm. that yeah. Uh, yeah. there's no weak links in that room. And it didn't, this just didn't stop at the players. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to some questions. Sammy, what well, do you got for us? Eddie doesn't have headphones on, so we can't hear him. All right, oh. get your headphones on. Eddie, we we'll, uh, we'll write for off some questions. Okay. Beautiful. You can hear me? Yeah. I got you. Okay. So this is for a question for Eddie O. From John Mitchell on YouTube. Hi, John. If there's one thing you'd like to see the NHL tweak, would it be playoff seating, three-on-three overtime to shootout, something else? Uh, is something else C? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. I don't want another double bird. Um, I, I would say John is one thing that I've talked about um, for a while is I would love to see, and I'm sure the experiment would be have to be in the American League, I would love to see the long change in the first and third period and not the second. Hmm. So go to the long change in the first and third period and then have the second in your normal normal zone. I got to tell you, I love that. I, I would – look, it doesn't mean there are going to be more goals, but I guarantee you there's going to be more chances. And if you have more chances, there's a chance to have more goals. So that would be the one thing that I would – like to see at least experimented with. We know how teams change in the second period and it gets a little, uh, you know, it gets a little crazy every once in a while. I, I really believe is that it, I think it would lend itself to more chances if you had the long change in the first and third period. Imagine that you're an exhausted D-man in the third period and you got to make that change trying to find your way off. And all of a sudden you're out there for three and a half or four minutes. Yeah. yeah that's You quickly, if, Changing a few things. First off, I like that idea yeah. a lot. Um, how about if on a, a penalty shot you don't score, you still get a power play? Maybe a, a one-minute power play. Let's get weird. But some sort of power play time. Michael Bunting, a guy takes a penalty on him. Right. The average success rate on a penalty shot is like, I don't know, 20% or something. It's pretty low. Yeah, it is low. You know, and so the, the Maple Leafs kind of get denied a chance to put out their super talented sure. power play unit. Maybe two minutes is a bit excessive, but... Okay, can, can I take it a step further? Please do. What happens if uh, Sheldon Keefe pulls out the red challenge flag there and goes, we don't want the penalty shot, we want the PP. Yeah. Look, looks at his own guy in the eyes and says, you ain't got it, kid. Okay. There, there's, <laughs> there's more value yeah. in knocking off two minutes of their inability to press. Well, if you're leading press. the game, that's mm-hmm. a good point, right? too. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, I, want, I, want, I want seconds off the clock. Mm-hmm. I may not need that goal. Yeah, I didn't even consider that the for more, the non-goal points. More of a strategy. It's like yeah. in football, yes. right? right? You know, I, run the ball. I, I, mean, I haven't watched a CFL game in a long time, probably since I was in Winnipeg. One more before. Bombers. Hold on a second. Okay. Let me finish my thought. <laughs> you know I'm a professional host, don't oh, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are a host, all right. Um, now you made me lose my train of thought. Come oh, on. It's, it's, down it's, it's denying. It's, 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 it's saying, no, I don't want the penalty. 
we're just going to take the down and, and move on. Right. So that's kind of this, this similar aspect for right. saying, you know what? I don't want this guy to take the penalty shot. I want to be able to. I came in today. For- oh, not to throw Sam under the bus, but he was like, I had to bet everything I own on Bunting not scoring. <laughs> not like a, he doesn't get that look. I'm sure He's he probably could have found that somewhere out there. Yeah. Do we <laughs> still do we still need three on three during the regular season? I love three on three. Don't take it from me. What do you want to do? All right, get rid of it. For what? It's not. It's not real hockey. What is a shootout? No, get okay. rid of that too. Okay, so what, what I, do you, I don't know. I'm, we, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting we fix it. Yeah, but we added those because we worried about not quite. We're getting a winner. We're up, getting a winner. Living That's up. What, Kipper, it's getting a winner. End of story. There's nothing Flip else. Flip a coin. Yeah. Let me flip a coin. <laughs> three on three. <laughs> Just flip a coin and get it over with. Everybody can go now beat everybody's traffic. Everybody's saying, "Geez, these guys keep Do you need, regrouping like, and they was, come back." I, I, and you know, I think it was more because we wanted to add value to the entertainment dollar than it was more so uh, declaring a winner. Uh, I think it comes with it, and a lot, lot, easy, lot better chance to get a winner if you're with only three guys out there. Okay, are you right on either side? All right, is that fair? Fair. What do you got, Sammy? Uh, this one's from Dirk in Oakville on our text line. Dirk, what is your favorite memory of playing with the Leafs? Well, <laughs> favorite memory. I better say it was on November 10, 1990, when my wife was uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, a 7 of giving birth to our second child. And then I got called out of the delivery room at Scarborough Centenary Hospital. And Bob Stellick, our PR man, was on... <laughs> was on the phone uh, asking because we played that night against Chicago on Hockey Night in Canada and asking if Diana had the baby yet. And I said, no, 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 not yet, but I'm coming to the game. You know, don't worry about it. And he goes, well, call us before you come. And this is like 4 o'clock in the afternoon for an 8 o'clock game. And uh, he goes, I go, Bob, there's not enough time. No cell phone. I'm at the nurse's station. Yeah. And he goes, well, well, just, you know, just call us before you come. I go back in. My wife's like, well, where you been? I go, "Ah, my aunt's sick. They call again. They really want to talk to you. I leave the room. I, the, the, the doctor is at the foot of the bed. He's got his gloves on. He goes, okay, let me put my, let me put my catcher's mitt on here, Diana. Hold on one second. And she's on a one to 10. She's a seven. Yeah. They call him. They go out to the nurse's station and they go, uh, yeah, Eddie Floyd Smith here. Hey, hey, hey Floyd, I'm coming to the game. Diana's getting ready. I'll be there within an hour. Uh, I just want to let you know, we just traded you to the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, come on. Uh, I said, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's out there, and we had to do, we had to notify you. And I'm like, you got to be bleeping me. My wife's on her back, legs up, oh. on a scale of one to ten, and you guys just tra- you know. So I hang up the phone. I'm like, I can't believe it. I just got traded. He told me I had to trade to Winnipeg. So I'm like, no cell phone. I go to the pay phone. I got like a card to you know punch it in numbers, and I so I called my agent Ricky Curran. I called my dad. I called Mark Osborne because we got traded with one, with one another. And I called Gary Lehman. I'm gone maybe five minutes. I go back in the delivery room. My wife is like this. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in. She's like this. She looks at me. She goes, where have you been? I'm like, ah, my aunt's sick. She looks at me, looks at the ceiling. And the doctor's at the foot of the bed. And he's got his hands like this. And he's like listening to this conversation. I go, she goes, where are we going I went, oh, my God. Uh, I go, guess. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at me, looks at the ceiling. She goes, Winnipeg. And I'm like, pregnant and psychic. I go, that is lethal. Wow. Next thing you know, I look, at the, I look at the foot of the bed. Doctor's like this. He goes, 
starts pulling off the rubber gloves. My wife just shut right down. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Holchek was born three hours Tommy. later at Scarborough Center. Any, um, yeah. any thought to uh, uh, name, name So, so uh, I mean, that's as fun as a moment that I had considering my, you know, my life had been turned upside down because, yeah. I mean, look at Winnipeg ended up being one of the best places Jeez. I ever played, but. You didn't want to um, name him Winnie? Never thought no, of it? No, 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 no. <laughs> Named after my father-in-law, We're, Thomas. That's great. Yeah. Were you um, there when Ballard was still alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have to see the doc recently? Big documentary came out this week. I, I heard about it. I did not. Yeah, yeah. What are yeah. your lasting memories of, of playing for Harold Ballard? I mean, he was very nice to me and, like, was always around. And I remember, I remember like, first couple of games in Toronto at the old building, you'd just be, like, you know, tying your skates. You'd come walking around the corner, and all of a sudden, here comes Puck. His dog, you know, big, <laughs> yeah. his dog goes flying Giant. right through the thing over here. Size of a horse. All of a sudden you hear, oh, <laughs> dog took a dump right over in the corner. And it's like, all of a sudden here comes Gunnar Kinnear, our trainer there. He ends up, he, he ends up. He's got know, a dog bag. Yeah, he's got, well, I know doggy bags then. I mean, he's, Shovel. Yeah. he's got, he's got somebody's stick there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, he was, he was great. Like, you know, I mean, obviously he, one time we were playing it, we had practice and, and John Brophy was our, was, was coaching. And all of a sudden, like we're doing drills at the old garden and you could see Mr. Ballard come in with puck and they'd sit right up in the, uh, right up in the, in the reds there. And all of a sudden you hear John, <laughs> John, like during like practice, practice, all of a sudden it's like, I'm Mr. Ballard. <laughs> Tell those boys to work hard for you down there. <laughs> okay, Mr. Ballard. Then we go. Then then Brof would you know snap and we'd start doing sideboards for about fifteen minutes. So I love. He I was mean, great. I knew he was nothing great. about it. Like the guy lived in the building. Yeah, like he was yeah. just around. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get up to that apartment? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what it would be worth today. You yeah. could rent it for like. Oh yeah, not a not what a, a pla- place. What a place, though. Bob Laws owns it now. Lob- yeah. a lot now. <laughs> a, now it's aisle what seven. A place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what a place. Loved wow. it there. Yeah, it was. It's kind of when I got traded here from Chicago. Obviously, playing in my hometown, which was unbelievable. But when I got traded here, I kind of felt like there was less pressure here in Toronto in '87 than I'd had when I was at home. You know, playing at home, and obviously that was very unique of mm-hmm. being a Chicago guy and playing for the Blackhawks, but. Kind of for me in my career, like if you just look at my numbers when I got to Toronto, oh, and, and, great numbers. And, and I went to center, which I had played pretty much my whole life until I got the Olympic team and my first three years in Chicago. And then I got to center um, and just kind of took, I took advantage of the opportunity. Then you watched Mitch Marner uh, break a record yeah, that yeah. you held with Daryl Sittler. Yeah. 33 or 34 years shared that record. Yeah. Um, Thanks. 18 consecutive yeah. or? Yeah, 18. 18. Yeah, 18 with a point. Yeah. Uh, I had a chance I, once Mitch was getting close, uh, I was able to make contact with him and he was very gracious and, you know, and like, I mean, he wasn't born when I was playing, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, I understand his dad's a big Leaf fan and you know, told him kind of what type of player I was and whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, just wished him luck all the way. And, and I had a chance the last time I was in town to finally see him face to face since he smashed a record. And, uh, uh, we had a great talk. He, he's a, he's a wonderful young kid and uh young man i guess i should say but um yeah i was proud i mean that was to share anything with daryl sittler like 
you can walk pretty proudly for a long time. For really that. cool. So, um, but I'm glad I'm glad Mitch smashed it because <laughs> if you would have been at 19, I'd be a little pissed off. Yeah, just <laughs> at least you know, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's it was uh, it was fun. It was fun to kind of reminisce for all that time. And it was really fun that you came in. That's it. That's it. it. Oh. We're getting kicked off. Are we? Yeah. Gotta, so got to pay uh, your salary, huh? Yeah, big plans for you tonight. What? Uh, like, what do you mean? Big I plans? don't know. No You're meetings. in Toronto. We got, we got lots of meetings, <laughs> right? You're in Toronto. Lots maybe, of meetings. Uh, yeah. Maybe a. Buff- but can you just be honest with the people on YouTube? Can, is that what it is? YouTube. <laughs> can you tell them who was supposed to be here, and then you called me out of the bullpen? <clears throat> What do you think? I'm the Terminator? Okay, we want Tom Hankey to come. You know who Tom Hankey is? Yeah, like, yeah. The Terminator. Remember when he did the Aqua Blue, Aqua Velva commercials? Yes. Looking good, Terminator. He had it going. Yeah. You are our Terminator. Listen, enjoy your uh, your dinner, uh, your, your buffet you. at the Brass Rail tonight. Uh, just <laughs> hang, relax, hang out. Why, why, why would you go there? <laughs> no, not why would you go there. Why would you go there? Eddie Justin, Old Chuck, everybody. You, Thanks. Enjoy. We're back tomorrow. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.